This is this is Augusta Ali and welcome to Augusta Ali Podcast where we review wrestling, wrestling news, any kind of news, anything you want, anything you need that you want to cover. The podcast will be covering Nick Jackson making full appearance at AEW All Out. Mm-hmm. Then we also gotta have production begins on a new AEW TV project related thing. Then we have the production about the Rock's Holiday film with Amazon Studios. And then we get we've heard about Todd AEW star leaving Twitter after Elon Musk takeover. Then we go more further about Musk and Twitter going further. And then after that, we're gonna be talking about FTR reportedly working in New Japan Wrestling Kingdom 17 and more. But first, let's start with a dynamite recap. Let's go. The acclaimed FTR defeat Swerve on Glory and the Guns. This was a good eight-man tag. It was pretty good on the show. It was a great matchup. First start to a good dynamite. Let's go to the NJF promo. NJF appeared on the podcast earlier this week for Barstool Sports. And here's a clip from the clip. NJF says he talks about full gear, the important match in series industry. Because it crowns a new generation of talent. NJF calls himself a generation of talent like Bruno... Hogan, Rock, Stone Cold, Cena, Sentra. He thinks Moxley is a scumbag piece of shit that from the slums, but respects him. He respects all sacrifices, says Mox is the best wrestler on God's green earth. And when he says that it ends at full gear, because NJM is the guy who could do everything, TV, movies, talk shows, Zentra. NJM will bring back Progressive back where people can talk about it again. He is sick of when he turned being robbed of the spotlight. He talks about more about his first match being stolen by a neck tattoo. His world title match being stolen by My Heart's Fall. His return was married by press conference. He is grabbing the spotlight and come full sco- full gear. The the devil gets his due. Yeah, that was pretty much NJF's big promo and a podcast system. They did great. And now, here's a big promo from Stokely Halfway. Your worst crime commit is Dick Riding. Without a license. Stokely Halfway talks about how he and MJF used to see eye to eye. Now he's just dick writing Mossley. He says he doesn't need a best friend anymore. See you in hell, Max. That's what he said. That's was pretty much the whole segment. Alright, we got Ethan Page defeating A. Kings to advance the semifinals of the AEW World Time Eliminator Tournament. Here's the ending. Page hit the avalanche. Eagles edge from the top row. Gets the pin. What I think of the match... It was pretty good. It was hard hitting. Like Ethan Page got what he needed. Eddie Kingston was looking good. You know. All right, on with the show. Wardle defeated Audrey Davari to retain the TNT Championship. It was a short match. During the post match, Wardle calls out Powerhouse Hobbs. Hobbs show up. Wardle said he's finally a suitable opponent that tells him to gain the TNT Championship. Then Wardle first said he'll take every time the company, and then he suddenly, fortunately, with attack on by Samoa Joe, put in a rear naked choke by Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe's officially turned on Wardle. Then we got a hurt from Wardle, from, I mean, Hobbs telling Joe Wardle they'll kick both of their asses. I see this as a big unification title match with Hobbs winning both titles. That's my opinion. I'm going with it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now we got this, the Brit versus Saria full gear announcement recap. Let's talk about it. Here's where Siobhan introduces good friend Britt Baker. Out she comes. Saria shows on next. 
Sarah said, people are wondering, will I, won't I wrestle? They did test this unfortunate for Brett. I am 100% clear. The emotion takes over Saria and she screams, AEW is my house. Then Baker says, anything more fickle than AEW fan? Do you know how I do this? We aren't clear. I built AEW from the ground up. Superstars like you want to move into and I am down proud of it. The crowd chanted DMD that probably turns to resentment when you skip it there and call it your house. I call it five years like a single brick. <laughs> like I know you're obsessed with me. I am everything you wish you could have been. If you think I am lying, let me remind you you left your house walking to your mind. I grant to inform you we don't take walk-ins, a bitch make an appointment. Saria mm. so replies, I think it's cute considering you got everything given to you by Tony Khan. You only been here three years. I've done it in 17. You have no idea what it takes to be a star. You're a superstar. She got hit She got hit by a car, wrestled the same day I handled resumes, and turned down when I was filming. I done MSG 02, the Tokyo Dome, and now I'm in front of an ungrateful bitch. You know what it takes. She talks about being publicly humiliated, battling drug addiction publicly. I get in my career neck for this business. This is the biggest match of your career. You and me at full gear. Saria dropped the mic and they stare out. Britt tries to a cheap shot, but Saria chances her hit Paige Turner. That's one of the best women segments I ever seen. So that was pretty much for that was a Saria Britt segment. Yeah, that was pretty much. Mm-hmm. Alright, we got the Jay Lethal. Like we had the Jay Lethal versus Trent Beretta match. Basically, Lethal defeated Beretta by pitfall. The end of the match when when Trent was setting up for some storm might move, but Sanjay Dud was on the apron. Hanson curses Sanjay, but Sam Singh lays out Don Hanson. Lethal with a legal gesture for the win. For the post match, we got Jet Jerry comes out after millions of views of my debut. Question: Why? A friend of calls me friend shows up. Then Jet Jarrett talks about the history to Lethal, John J. Dunn, and himself giving nods to Google Force as well as Impact. He praised Sanum as being a legit giant, calls out fake giants and red skinny jeans. Jarrett praised Sanum and being accomplished of being the only Indian player. He talks about putting people in potty bags and cusses a guy off winding up for a time. For time. Sanum is some fake moss and red skinny jeans, produced by the same Bernana Snow Circus. So Jet Jet took jazz at Brad Sherman and WWE. So this is the fan shot of Mr. Mary's John Moxley said he met the devil. So this was the Moxley promo. Alright, let's go back to what Jet Jarrett said. Yeah, this was a shot at WWE, Jet Jarrett said. But Jet Jarrett has his reasons and let's leave it at that. This is good build for a full gear match. <laughs> Jarrett Lethal versus Sting and Darby Allen. Alright, let's go to the promo. A new one to talked about before Moxley. Here's a recap. Moxley said, Sir William Ringhall was when I was 25 to 26. I was young, full of piss and vinegar, and no arthritis yet. I thought I figured out I read my mouth. I want to be feared and respected like you, so you get that. I picked the fight with you, and it didn't go so well. You tortured me, kicked the hell out of me, and pissed me off. Work harder, grow and evolve. When I had a shot, I knocked you out with a knee, ripped your ear and ear off. You find out on the ro- now you find out the real work begins. It mocks reminds him of NJF. He talked about the first match, how he, how he beat him bad, and I don't know where he stood. Now it's full circle in the first time. Who is NJF? You know, the rich, fake, peasy, pinnacle guy. Big time, big champ, time champion. I imagine a multi millionaire, multi champion. Mox said, Menja calls a pillar without having to wait. 
He's asked MJF, MJF called himself the devil. I have seen the devil. I have met him. I looked at his eyes. I've seen him in bad places. I've seen bad people do bad things. You're not at all. You know, I want you to fulfill your potential. When you step in your ring with your hometown, you're, you're, everything you've done has been easy. Not this. This was the Moxley promo. So Moxley the promo. MJF is going to get bigger. So I get why it's going to be good. Uh-huh. Yeah, the match is going to be great. The cell will be bigger, full gear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't need CM Punk. That's all I'll just say. Alright, we got a J.D. Hater defeating Sky Blue. It was a good short women's match. It's all you need. Hater versus. Mm. Oh, yeah. A story story for the AOU Women's World title. Sorry, I'm a little distracted. Backstage, Archer takes out Ricky Starks. So the match will be held probably next week. I see that happening. There's nothing we can do. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, let's go to the main event. The Tower 3 Falls match. Jason versus Seven Guevara. First fall, Jason won by DQ. Second fall, Guevara by pinfall. Third fall, Jason won by submission. So, Jason won the whole Tower 3 Falls match. It was a great main event. It put things together prospectively. You know, those matches are pretty good. It had a great point and stuff. Yeah, pretty much. So, here my thoughts on this whole Dynamite episode. Like, productive show heading into full gear. The ring with action was enjoyable. Even though I have a few questions, quibbles about the larger picture, it wasn't enough to track from the overall entertainment. So, yeah, that's my thoughts on Dynamite this week. I mean, from the whole from this week, Dynamite. So, yeah. Alright, let's go to the news. Okay, Nick Jackson makes full appearance at, like, hmm. Alright, first appearance, and... Oh, yeah, All Out, mm-hmm. Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. Honestly, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. The Young Bucks went quiet since all AW All Out weekend as the investigation wrapped up following events at the media scrum. There's no word for Matt Nick. He's not publicity, but Nick Jazz made his first public appearance last night at Los Angeles Clippers game. Jackson seen a video tossing shirts in the crowd. He said he was a guest at TSN a hometown athlete. It's the latest sign that brother will be back on AEW TV soon. On the past AEW episode of Dynamite, AEW aired a video featuring Kenny Omega Bucks that lured to their disappearance from TV. Nick and Omega have been backstage at Dynamite for the past couple of weeks. They believe that they will be involved in a full year pay-per-view that is not confirmed. It sure means that we will see them very soon for the next week Dynamite is not going home show pay-per-view. So, so that is basically Matt and Nick will be at the go-home edition. So that's I see. The production begins on a new AWT project. Production has begun on a new AWT projects as reports that uh, PWS reports approach to start filming for a new reality series that produced for Warner Bros. Discovery. Per report, a camera crew is filming wrestlers backstage at AEW Dynamite Baltimore Rampage in New Jersey. The new series will focus by behind the scenes elements of the promotion group experience of some talents that will be focal point. There are no words to which a project will begin. Again, the series will mark the second reality show for the company following Road to the Top. Which Sixth episode for season 2021. It was expected to be new for the second season until Cody or Brandy party for all of you wrestling. Yeah, basically, we're gonna AW gonna have their own reality So It's basically gonna be a documentary of how AW is built upon. 
And that's pretty much how you need. Alright. That's what it is. AEW production. Mm hmm Okay, now we got the production begins on Rock's holiday film for the Sun Studio. So Rock's gonna have a holiday film titled Red One. It's gonna start production on today, according to deadline. This week, the film star Johnson, Chris Evans, reported that notes that J.K. Simmons, Bonnie Hunt will join the cast playing Santa and Mrs. Claus. The movie will fill the 2022 or planned 2023 holiday release. The Rock comment on news by writing a new following. Chris Evans fellow fans were paid back. Chris Cousin early pick up just for Chris Franchise. Ryan one rejected by Casey to my franchise. Seven Plus Rock by video The Rock Day Garcia Hero Garcia from Seven Plus Productions. Uh Amazon Seals will produce the film through Chris Morgan who produced dishes in the script. The Morgan Worked with The Rock on the Fast Furious spin-off movie, Hobbs and Shaw. Caden worked with The Rock on the Jim I franchise. Jai's, mm -hmm. So, the top AW star leads Twitter on the Elon Musk takeover. Elon Musk takeover. AEW's payment page become latest to primarily Twitter following Elon Musk takeover. Musk was good acquisition social media giant. April 2022, clearly purchased last month. Pay told his fans he would delete Twitter for his phone. Joint AEW Hall of Fame, Mike Fullen, removed himself from the platform. The former AEW World Champion is celebrated by Instagram has over 227,000 followers. That was pretty much, yeah. Foley, hey, I paid Ruby Sells from Twitter. It was better happen. You know, honestly, like Elon Musk pretty much has shitty done, done a shitty job with Twitter. That's pretty much it's going to be. So anyway, okay, let's go to the other stuff. We talk about Musk and Twitter. Speaking of him, okay, Musk's time running site has been mirrored in controversy as it faced backlash for his Twitter bluff idea, blue idea, which changed users from their accounts verified. As a criticizer, resentment of several banned accounts are very fair, open up risk of misinformation being spread. Despite previous claims that Twitter should be periodically neutral, Musk has encouraged U.S. voters to vote a particular way in 2022 midterm elections. The billionaire is also permanently suspending accounts and advocating free speech. While Musk has claimed accounts and impersonating auditors made clear that our parody accounts are safe, accounts that follow the rule when parody has been banned. So, best yet, Elon Musk is looking out for himself. This is his Twitter now, he can do the fuck he wants. It's Twitter. Yeah, so alright, now we got FTR working. Poorly working at New Japan Pro Wrestling Kingdom 17. So, FTR and FTR are poorly set to involve New Japan's biggest show of the year, Wrestle Kingdom 17. FTR and the current IWGP Tag Team Champions have been recently defeated Belts versus Jim Khan, Great Khan on New Japan's Battle Autumn Show that took place on Saturday. Been a lot of talk about a possible show for AEW talent to appear on Wrestling Kingdom Show. Like FTR now, the first area of talent to be reported, expected to do so. So, that's Harvard, Cash Wheeler, expected to put their IWGP Tag Champions on the line versus Twitter of the up New Japan World Tag League participants, including Alpen, Tessa Naito, and Sonata, who are similarly two favorites to win the tournament. FTR, of course, have already faced out all the Open this year, mostly defending IWGP Tag Belts against them in London on the New Japan Royal Quest Show. A match with very high praise by many. A second match with the two teams at Tokyo Dome is fairly 
septic prospect. So this is what I, so this is basically FTR going to offend the tag belts at Wrestle Kingdom 17. They will be on Dynamite, it's understanding. So anyway, so yeah, basically like that. Alright, alright, now we're going to review Rampage. Alright, here's a Rampage recap. Alright, let's start with Jungle Boy and Christian Cage with the Soros segment. Christian was out with Luchasaurus, the man in Jungle Boy came out so he could hear what he had to say. Jungle Boy said he lost everything thanks to them. Eventually, he challenged Luchasaurus to a steel cage match at Phil Gear, which was accepted. Cage started assaulting Jungle Boy. Mom and Dad led to Jungle Boy grabbing by the throat. Luchasaurus attacked Jungle Boy's shoe and fly, eventually chokeslammed Jungle Boy through a chair. Cage had set up. This was a good segment. It was pretty good. Yeah, that was a good segment. We're going to have Jungle Boy versus Luchasaurus in a steel cage. Yeah, pretty much. Brian Cage with Chris Nana defeated Dante Martin advanced in the AEW World Title Eliminator Tournament. That match was pretty good. It showcased Dante Martin's skills. And Brian Cage was a big hoss. So honestly, since the return to AEW full of September, Cage's 2-2 two two singles match was the loss to the TNT Champion Warlow and ROH TV Champion Samar Joe, respectively. If you have been missing, Martin this is his first Rampage match since the late September Battle Royal appearance as implying his trade on Dark, dark Elevation frequently. So honestly, this was a solid match. When you know Power vs. Seed by Maddox was going to play out, Martin hit a top Pay when Cage caught him and held him in a suplex position for jumping in a press spot. Okay, mm hmm. Martin hit a press a button jump, big jump over the roast outside, Fox Bash on the inside. He wasn't enough. Hit weapon exit. Hit the pin and advanced against who? Honestly, yeah. R Ricky Stark is going to wrestle next week, so let's, let's agree to that. Mm hmm. Lee Martin and Mariah Stokely halfway were backstage. Mariah said he wants any champion at W Champ Hook walked in, stared left. That would appear to be a honestly be a pre show match of full gear, but I don't think it was an announced, so let's see. Anyway, we got some Claudio Casanoli was talking to Ray Perget backstage. Jake Hager entered the frame. He tried to intense chase. And Nasanoli is going back to sports entertainment area and roots before leaving. He realized his hat. It's kind of chaotic. Like, like the Jericho appreciates side side manipulate Casanoli. He like <laughs> manipulate Casanoli to join their group, but Casanoli is not having it. So yeah, pretty much there. Mm -hmm. All right, Bandito defeated Rouge for Jose to advance in the AW Women in the World Title Eliminator Tournament. This was Bandito's first match since debut against ROH champion Jericho last month and first since he signed the AW contract. Rouge three two singles action and was looking for his first one since late September Rampage went through over John Silver. This was slow for a while while Rouge Madaki worked down Bandino, tacking him before the match using a cable to choke him on the outside of the ring. Bandito hit a few big dives, jumped to the outside of our Rouge were getting control again. During the match, the crowd got on Rouge, chanting dust when he got near falls and mocking. Both Bandito and Rouge really worked the crowd as well, getting them to chant 10 in Spanish. Bandito was working Rouge over. Bandito didn't do any impressive spit spot, but then quickly equally impressive press slam that crowd like. We got Jose using a rough strat to attack Bandito, which brought out John Silver. He laid out 
Don't say it, Bandito used to actually get a little roll-up win on Vance. So, Bandito will face Ethan Page next Wednesday in the semi-final. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Ricky Stars versus Lance Archer never happened. Before Rampage kicked off, Tony Khan said something had happened when he was going to show us. That was Archer taking out Sharks backstage. That would never fall in a match. When announced wasn't happy, it wasn't means for tomorrow tournament. So the match will happen next week on Dynamite, pretty much. That triangle backstage, if I urge, which is runners to talk, take opportunity to get real title if necessary. Tape and hammer against the title belt to punch with the point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. This was that triangle we were talking to Pac. It was about tight triangle. Triangle talking to Pat. Urgent Lucha Bros. Not every opportunity. The truth sounds right. Every necessary. They tap it at hammer. Got the title belt. to put the point. Honestly, <sighs> Pac is turning heel. That's what I see out of this. Nia Rose. Maria. Maria defeated Kayla Sparks. Rose won quickly. And this was set up a brawl between her solid champion Gargill. Shafir Baddies. Gargill took out Rose with a pumpkin. Carity eventually pulled apart. The crowd was pretty deaf for this. Should have been live, honestly. Yeah, it should have been live. The AU Online, the champion, Arch Cassidy, her best friend, that hasn't defeated Lee Johnson in the factory to retain. You can probably imagine this match in your head. There's a ton of interference shenanigans on the outside of the ring. Colorado dropped Cassidy in front of around one point. QT Marshall apologized with that hands on the ring steps. Like, yeah. After more interference, everyone getting involved. Cassidy survived some Johnson's super kicks and hit the breach break counter to get the win. Afterward, Cole Carter was taken out by Arch Punch and Marshall backed away to look at the scene. Carter was hugged by Cassidy and best friends gave a triple team. Chokeslam power bomb to end the show. So, yeah, that was to end the show. Like, Rampage was a pretty good show. And ended the show on a good mark. And basically, yeah. Alright, let's talk about Nick Aldis giving his side on the issues with Billy Corgan while he was embarrassed at the NWA Park. <laughs> let's go to the interview. During the interview with Sam Roberts, not Sam Roberts, however, Aldis gave his side of the story on the issue with Billy Corgan's NWA. Aldis says giving his notice that they would not tell him to burial their product. He said he gave the notice, alluded to why. He said it was a tendency sort of, you know, burial, and then we would say like that. What do I do? What do I just bury myself? The thing that I'm heavily associated with for the last five years. Yeah, he was officially associated with some of the power stuff. On why all this left, he moved away where I want, he wanted it to be, where it coming now is not what I envisioned it to be. So that wasn't laying no groundwork for it. It didn't have the color values that I tried to sort of maintain. Again, this was a knock. This is me going. This is me anymore. I want to do an alternative wrestling brand. I represent all the things about NWA. Missed on the current product. Where it be a somehow production. Or, you know, a different mentality, different style. Like, I get them all these things. Like, there was a good portion of the audience, particularly in the South. He was wrestling. It was like, like I want to be burgers, fries, and red, white, blue wrestling. Because I love that stuff. Because it wasn't because it was like, I hate, I spotlight, I hate sports entertainment. No, it wasn't. It was more like, from a business point of view, and a gap in the market, I think, for this type of product. When I influenced on that and make happiness, that we consider everything, you know, the vision, and it worked. So, what he felt that direction and the way it changed. So, 73, the first Lewis Lewis show was kind of like, once the business was a trash and 
He was never going to say, here's the thing, the first thing anyone's going to say that Trevor Benning would say, oh, because he wasn't champion anymore. And I really not any part of today. I always steered the champion because the world title angle was obviously like any promotion. World title angle should be one of the angles of promotion. I worked very hard for the last three years. Like, before doing Cody, I treated the belt back and forth. I was still the thing of it. I really worked hard to make sure that every time I was involved in a old angle, you know, I was meaningful, meaning something, because I was like, help. I was always driving the force. I was something pulling the wagon. When I wasn't a pitcher anymore for all time, I said, I might be different time for a switch here. It's different day presenting themselves. Like, Lewis, Trevor, I raised, you know, all the chase, you know, all the opportunity presenting themselves. There's a moment like there's a piece of business to be done. It was kind of my baby. I hate getting these pieces. Pissing contest with an idea. Angle was kind of like a baby, kind of soup to nuts. The whole thing, I just knew enough to, like, run up to a very important. So it's but not about losing the title. It's when you do it after. So I had the whole thing in place. Here's what I can do next. I'm always in front of my Tom. Tom can turn on me because I'm not his meal ticket anymore. I lose the belt. Now I'm no use to him. I turn babyface because I knew I wasn't I was coming. So you know what I mean? I could tell there's so much goodwill, sentiment. Kind of people know what I was doing. You know, I sort of knew it was getting hard for to continue hanging. So when you know the time is right, I'll be sympathetic. Karen got lost in the middle of the ring, you know, and I started pass toward pass towards the business. I did business. So basically, he was saying uh, he wants to do wrestling a certain way, his own way. That's what he want to do. So it's us for him. So it's more to this. Fast forward, we get to New Year. I can't sell tickets. So he comes back and what should we do? The only person I trust, I guess, really acquisition. I now you're forced to advocate myself. You could be twisted, manipulated against any at any point. I was meant to the question, what's different now? You're forced me to give you an answer that off a light the difference you had in a world time angle that people were interested in. Now you know, you know where else I could tell you that. That's what led to Cardona. Then me and Cardona were gonna like decide let's let's stretch this out, like let's get this going. Mac I heard that again it was kind of an I knew it all fell apart again. Pelican. That's sword I knew that screw where it's kind of suddenly turned into, well, you advocated your, to get the belt back. I kind of went, whoa, whoa, hold on. I made a point where we had initial conversation to include Pat and make sure it was never one on one, something could happen. I kind of went, this is exactly what I was afraid of, so you know what? I'm bowing out. Do what you want. On why he was signed with Contra in January. I signed one year contract. Truthfully, it made me a nice offer in favor of terms. I wanted a bitch. It was time for me to deal to come to an end. So, if I want to exit the deal, which will continue month by month basis, not I six, give it a 60 day notice. And they want to end the agreement, they have to like give me a 90 days of notice, which is a bad for me. They put me in. And not men, which is like great, that's nice, appreciate that, you know, but invisible for our deals go pro wrestling. Honestly, buddy wise is like AA compared to WWE or AEW in terms of structure. It's one of the first agreements, all the fairest agreement I ever signed in wrestling. One year in that bonus factoring and production stuff. So that's why I gave it why I gave this notice in November. It was the only time I would have been able to do that. It was situation where okay, we agreed for one year. When I wish the ending agreement I give 60 days notice. The only possible time I could try to do that was November the second time. The day I did it was trying to professional about. I typed out the letter and sent it a copy to my agent. As far as I was concerned, like, I decided to let my phone know fans on. I was on a pipe bomb and sort of situation. I just like, hey, what's, let's see what's coming up next. I don't want to live up next. I decided for the future. Basically, you want it out, and now he's excited for the future. So here it is. So, what if he was best in the product? 
So what he said is, look, I can't around, yada, yada, yada. I didn't mean to pass the Harley race test. He started looking at stuff at Gaps the Gib, you know, a social distancing match or two wrestling, and, you know, bullshit matches. How I judge to ride a Harley race? Harley's would have hit today. Imagine if I stood over Harley race. What would Harley say, watch, or do for a fuck or a flirt? If I stood over these guys right now, I mean, I kind of embarrassed because. Because they look at me and say, this is your day. I had to go, no, I don't want to be positioned. Like, no, that's not me. So what he says, Alfred, he puts the percentage of the star. So I either wear the suit, I carry some sort of weight percentage. So I sort of went, you know, about to work a rest center in front of 100 people. So there's a different level of courage, right, to be that the man. You think there were times where I feel like complete buffoon, I think that's 100 minutes away, away from WrestleMania. But I noticed the whole point of business again is like old school dinner driven to me. Guys like Harley and Dory, it starts in here, believe it, and you believe in it. So, yeah, this is Nick Alder's big interview being released for the NWA Power, suspended, whatever. Yeah, he's probably going to WWE. It's fine, but, you know, all this does what he wants. It's Nick Aldis. He does what he wants. Alright, let's go. There is some backstage heat on WWE's Braun Strowman. Recent comments, you know. You know, the recent, the heat on Strowman was really real after the recent social media comments. Several stars, including Ricochet and Fasta, took to Twitter and socially mocked Strowman's tweets. Slurs who do high flying moves. Others who are not in WWE, such as Jericho, Will Spray, Keith Lee, Will Ospreay, others had con as well. Needless to say, there are people who are around the business wrestling, but who are not in agreement with Strowman. Then we got a five plus report today of Strowman. Reported to speak that Strowman has been on his best behavior while backstage since his return to WWE. But social media brought has been another story. WWE managers said to be aware of it. I suspect that one person in the company said that WWE uh, Strowman took an immature approach. It was noted what Strowman said was part of an angle story, but it was such that Strowman could be ribbing or referenced on commentary for his stance. One wrestler said that Twitch didn't happen. And Strowman didn't have to come up in the business doing high fly moves, so he probably should understand. Strowman was a news game wide reference on AEW Dynamite or Jeff Jarrett. For those who don't wonder why Jeff Jarrett said why he said, check out an incident involving 2017 between Strowman and Jack- Karen Jarrett. That, yeah, pretty much Strowman's doing stupid tweets. Honestly, Strowman's a fucking idiot. He makes stupid ass tweets. Something he can do. You know? I don't fucking care. Alright, Bandito reported signs of the year this week, a year deal with AEW, reason for turning down WWE reveal. Let's get to that. Following the press of the show against Jericho on September 28th edition Dynamite, Dave Smeltzer of Wrestling Server Newsletter reported Bandito has been offered an AEW contract. Although it wasn't until recently that Meltzer confirmed that two parties had agreed to terms that likely due to interest coming from WWE. Meltzer provided further insights on Bandito's and AEW deals. Show you something like a white Mexican star ultimately choose AEW over WWE. So he could, we could, could he confirmed that the deals for three years have massive number of dates. We don't have a number, but it's more matches than AEW wrestlers, wrestlers working in a year now. So that should be an issue, but that could change if you do house shows. In the end, he realized he couldn't sign with WWE because he got a child in Mexico. His significant other doesn't want to move from Mexico, doesn't want to, not to see a child all the time. Working for WWE, winning on the next year first would require to be based in Florida. Way out to the main roster, be away from it more than AEW. So yeah, Brandy's next appearance at AEW is good for for t- tonight's rant. 
tonight's rampage, which was was rampage this week. Right, told you what rampage was. It'll be taking on Rouge, a member of the World Time Eliminated Tournament. The winner of the match will take out Ethan Page next week, who defeated Geekstar this week's Dynamite. So let's go further. The, the finals will take place at AEW Full Gear Saturday, number 19, with a Tasha schedule take place on December 14. On the other side of the bracket, Archer will face Ricky Stars with the winner of the match facing Ian Darty, Martin, mostly Brian Cage. Uh huh, yeah. Now we go to streaming. Human streaming trend could affect WWE AEW business deal next year. AEW has approved quite a few last few years and likely to change time soon. Talking of streaming deals for AEW continues to discuss, even in fact, a huge streaming deal could affect AEW's business deals. As reported, OWN Thursday night NFL games on SRI Prime are forming at least level same level of 1849 double there. Friday night games on SPN. They must have noticed trends Martin as a key audience for AEW and WWE could easily be kept busy on ASI Prime and Level Car Parable TV Network. At a reporting note, ready to WWE AEW business deals in 2023 that Thursday night, all games on ASI Prime was doing the same at 1849 and then games could be on SPN. Easy to do more for broad views over for the audience. That was expected, but tell you that if you're AEW WWE audience, you'll get your key audience if you move to Amazon Prime, which is a scary part of move to stream. So before, like before, fear makes a move, and they pay more, hurt you do less viewership or companies viewership more possibility for live shows, merchandise, public perception. It's something that can affect both WWE and AEW with next year's negotiations. It's different that WWE and Netflix are looking at the next live sports. People have talked about this for years. So we got Nick Khan talked about things behind the scenes happening. He's done meant would happen. Media sports reports being from Wall Street Journal. Knowing that Netflix has part of purchasing World Surf League and broadcasting events and all several tourist tour events. The quote for NXI said, sports is the baseline now, we don't find the right priorities, like really the priority, but it's always a question of the right deal. The right deal. The entertainment landscape team is shipped and one company buys another, according to endless media conglomerate. Only time will tell any networks in question 10 years right now. And that said, WWE or not, ever-changing environment and is prepared for new distributed deals. We'll have to wait and see when AWW will affect a new idea fan will not be happy out this year. Yeah, pretty much. Honestly, streaming deals are important. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jericho believes Logan Paul is good for business. Alright. Okay. Uh, okay, let's get to that. Logan Paul shot the fans. This match with Miz at SummerSlam provided metal fans all over the world shocked all the roles at the feud of Roman Reigns. In fact, even Jericho believed was good for business. Logan Paul took Roman Reigns to absolute limit in crowd joint match. In fact, there were instances when the fans believed Paul could actually beat Reigns. That didn't happen in the end as Paul lost. The Maverick managed to win over the fans for the rest of the life while speaking to the Howie Mandel. Jericho, Jericho stated he believes Logan Paul is good for business. I think it's great that it's awesome that anytime you get somebody outside world coming to wrestling and put a spotlight on it's great. Logan Paul is good for business and get more eyes on this show for people right now wrestling or boxing. So, honestly, yeah, it's smart. Yeah, if other wrestlers are happy with it, they'll understand. Mr. Mark 
important thing is selling tickets. That's the important thing. I don't care if it's Paul in jail or Charles C. Boston, right? Maybe it's some case thing. It works for me. There's always gonna be people who are gonna be angry with Logan Paul and Russ, but it works. You can't worry about people who are getting angry for that. Understand? They're probably younger guys, right? I understand why like traveling worlds and masses you get for some people. You ever get it? That's fine, cause you'll deal with that. You you'll worry about people. You'll do like all I worry about is people that that make like me and making new friends, fans. So Logan Paul got crazy number searches. I had a WWE jewel jewels. So we'll have to wait and see what Maverick will return to WWE television. So basically, like Logan Paul's impact the wrestling board business. And Jericho's praising Luca Paul for it. And that's a good thing. Because honestly, in the end of things, everyone should be able to work. Even paying people like, like Luca Paul, influencers, stuff. You know, honestly, Jericho's not that bad, you know. Anyway, um, this is what I got for this week's edition of Gus Podcast. See y'all next Saturday. Bye.